Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There are three aspects to the idea that we are made in the image of God. One, it means that we, it means humans possess personality. Two, it means humans possess morality. We can make moral judgments. And three, it means humans possess spirituality. Man is made for communion with God. Are you listening? It's on the level of the spirit that we communicate with God. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them Male and female, he created them. This is the third time the word bara is used. Remember I told you what the word bara means? Saints, what does it mean? Bara. Created, very good. Something out of nothing. Created something out of nothing. Now watch this. Man is both made and created. God makes man out of minerals and earth and water. The third act of creation, bara, takes place and man is a physical frame. The final act of creation, God shows up and shows us what he can really do. And God makes man. The Bible tells us God created man, not the big bang. Somebody say amen. amen. Not the big bang. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, the body. Do you understand a body is made of dirt? Do you understand that the, sa- the same 17, listen, the same 17 elements that make up the dirt out on the parking lot are the same 17 elements that make up your skin? That's fascinating. And the Bible says, and God created man. We can prove that. That's not that hard. That's why you can wash your face, take a nice terry cloth, white, terry cloth, I'm going to say Egyptian cotton, but uh, is that what the terry cloth means? I don't know, whatever. Take a nice white terry cloth and wash your face and you're all scrubbed up and give it five minutes and go wash your face again and you'll still get dirt on that white terry cloth. Why? Because you're made of dirt. So the next time somebody calls you a dirt bag, You say, duh. (laughs) And your point is, we should all get t-shirts, dirt bag. It's true. Because God created man. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became, y'all, you're listening. And man became not evolved. 
man became a living being. Matthew 19, 4. And he answered and said to him, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Note, at the beginning, not the gap theory, not the theistic days of evolution, but at the beginning, God. And for one second, listen, for one second, man is in inanimate frame. For one second, I think about the CPR doll. Don't they call her Annie? Annie. I think of Annie. Man was like Annie. Don't they have a male version of the CPR? They don't. They should get one called Andrew. <laughs> Annie and Andrew. And I think of Annie. We just had a CPR course here at Calvary Chapel. That's why we, I'm, I'm thinking of this. And, 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 you know, when you're doing CPR, it's just, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's just a frame. It's just, it's just an inanimate object. And you have to breathe life into it. You got to, you know, they teach you to breathe. And, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was 15 and two, but somebody told me it was 30 and two, right? See, I think they changed that because 15 years ago was like 15 and two. Did they, wasn't it 15, 15 and two? I knew I was right. And people in second service don't know what they're talking about. I knew I was right. I said, I don't, I know I'm right. They were like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, it's 15 and 2. I know that. But for one second, man is an inanimate frame, and God, whew, are you with me? Breathes life into him, and he is now God-conscious, self-conscious. He is free from instinct. He's not following migratory patterns. He has emotional capacities that the beasts of the earth don't have. He can appreciate beauty. He wakes up. Remember, he was asleep. Remember, it's not good for ma- not good for man to be alone. So God put Adam to sleep, and Adam woke up and he saw Eve, and he said, "Foxy, mama, <laughs> yes." I see ya. He can appreciate beauty now. He has a capacity to be educated, not trained in a circus. Man is in an animate frame. God breathes life into him. He can grasp concepts of truth and error, eternity, meaning he can get frustrated when he can't put something together or solve a problem. He created male and female. He created them in the image of God above all other creations. And think about this. Think about the complexity. Look, y'all stay with me. I know you want chicken sandwich, but hold on. (laughs) Think about the complexity of man. Think about the instrumentation and the mechanisms in man. It is astounding. It's astounding. These mechanisms are too complex to be evolved. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? These mechanisms and instrumentations that we have that man is made of is too complex to be evolved. To be evolved. It's too complex that some primordial slime came up out of the ocean. And, and, and where did the ocean come from? Well, that's a whole other question for the evolutionists. Come on. But it came up out of the ocean and all of a sudden, <laughs> you got man. <laughs> It, man is too, is too complex. Think about the mind of man. Most of us have a computer, but do you know you are a computer? 
We have that piece of meat in our head made of protein called the brain. And it doesn't come a Democrat or Republican. Somebody say amen. Amen. Your mind is a computer. And the way the mind functions is higher than the animal kingdom. Think about the eye. The eye, I was doing some study this week, the eye is remarkable. It is remarkable. I was reading some documents this week and it said that it would take 40 different stages of evolution to form an eye. Let me tell you about this thing that evolved, Uh the eye. Do you know the eye is not a perfect round shape? The eye is a fused two-piece unit. The smaller frontal unit, more curved, called the cornea, is linked to the larger unit called the sclera. The eye is really the window to the soul, isn't it? Think about it. When you look at someone's eyes, you can see worry. When you look at somebody's eyes, you can see love. You can see anxiety. Next time somebody tells you that they love you, have them look you in the eye and tell them that, tell you that they love you. Look me in my eyes and tell me if you love me. Because you know what? Love can be seen. Am I right about it? Now, well, let me ask ladies. Am I right about it? The lady's like, yes, now you're preaching. (laughs) Love can be seen in the eyes of the window of the soul. Proverbs talks about the whorish woman who leads men with her eyes. The eyes can tell you a lot. The eyes speak of anxiety. You can see worry in the eyes. You can see depression in the eyes. You can see joy in the eyes. You can see happiness in the eyes. You can see fear in the eyes. You can, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen or been with someone who passed away. And just before they passed away, maybe you were there by the bed and holding their hand. And just before they passed away, you saw their face. And when they passed away, it almost, they, their eyes were open. Have you ever seen this? And it looked like they just were not there. It's so the spirit has left the building. Because when you pass away, your spirit is the real you. That's why when somebody you love dies and they know Christ, you can rejoice because it's their body that you're looking at. It's not them. It's their body that you're looking at. Because they are with the Lord. If they knew the Lord to be absent from the body is to be what saints? Present with the Lord. But they just go. They just go. They just go. You, and you can see it. They just gone. And you look at them and their eyes, there's nothing there. Vacant. The eyes go blank. The pupil, think about the eye. We're talking about the remarkability of the eye. The pupil of the eye is 35% protein. It's the highest concentration of protein in your body. It's made of crystalline and albumin, which, interesting enough, are the only two clear proteins. The eye is a radio receiver, and it responds to light. When light hits the pupil, it takes the photons off the light waves and puts them into these rods or cones in the back of your eyes. There are about 130, 120 million rods or cones in the back of your eye. 10 million of those cones in the middle are in the middle of the back of the eye, and they see color. And they can see several thousand hues of color. The brighter the light, the smaller the pupil. The pupil is self-contained. 
cleaning and self-maintaining. The pupil wears out after some time. That's why I got these things on my face. Are y'all with me? Because they wear out sometimes. At night, there's a hundred million rods that see black and white, and they are monochromatic, but they can see a billion different hues from white to black. When you go out in the dark, that pupil relaxes and opens up and whatever little light there is hits the rods and the cones and you can see a star millions of light years away. Do you know you can see a candle five miles away on a clear night? When you walk into a movie theater, it's dark. You're going from cones to rods and it takes a while to adjust. And when you come out of the movie theater, it goes back from rods to cones and it takes a while to adjust. Scientists don't know how the rods and the cones receive these photons and how they translate them through electrons and shoot them through large nerves in your, in your head called the optic nerve. The optic nerve goes into your brain. Now listen to me. Everyone thinks your eyes are what makes you see. Your eyes are not what makes you see. It's your brain that makes you see. The eyes are just the, the outlet or the conduit by which you see. But it's the optic nerve in the brain that allows you to see. Do you understand? Interesting. A researcher by the name of Wilbur Penderfield in Canada is trying to understand how 10 million electrons per second can fire into your brain and then spray an image on your brain before there's consciousness. The eye is an amazing creation of God. And then think about the body. These facts about the human body, I've been waiting six weeks to read them to y'all, okay? So y'all gonna hear every one of them, all right? <laughs> Listen at this. Talking about the human body, we're talking about this. It's fascinating. I'm telling you that the instrumentation and the mechanism of the human body is fantastic. It is too fantastic to have evolved. You have got to... I'm waiting while you clap your hands. And I'm telling you, you have got, it takes more faith to believe that you came from some primordial ooze out of the ocean than it does to believe in Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God. It's like, what do people think, I'm stupid? I don't claim, don't get me wrong, y'all, y'all, folk, y'all, telling you, you know I don't claim to be the brightest light in the, in the land. Or the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I ain't stupid. And what evolutionists want you to believe is just crazy. It's just crazy. The human body. Facts. Listen to this. Did you know the human body, there are 7.5 trillion cells in the human body? More complex than most advanced computers. Each cell has 200 trillion tiny groups of atoms called protein molecules. The largest molecule is called DNA. This molecule carries hereditary information from the parents to the offspring. They also carry genetic code. It determines if you are going to be a man or a mammoth. My molecules must be pretty strong because all my grandkids, y'all know, they all look just like me. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Y'all know I just had, y'all know I just had a grandson on Wednesday. And he looks just like his father, but to me, he looks just like me. <laughs> That's just the way it is. DNA, listen, is one cell, DNA in one cell 
is six feet long. If you join them together, it would reach to the sun and back 400 times. All cells contain the information found in all other cells. Each cell in your body carries all the necessary information for another you. One single cell gives the blueprint for the construction and the function of the human body. That's fascinating. Each cell in our body contains the same DNA, and yet some cells decide to be liver cells and other brain cells and others decide to be heart cells. Why? Because everyone has a different code written in them. If the coded DNA information and instructions of, of, of one human were translated into English, it would fill a thousand volume encyclopedia. In cell division, the cell forms a rotating double helix. It rotates at 75 turns per second. This is equal to straightening out a cathedral full of tangled microphone wire in under a split second. Think about it. All this information is in the sperm and the egg. Enough information to form the pupil, 130 million rods and cones, the ability to take photons out of electric waves, translate them into electrons, send them up through a nerve and spray them up on a screen inside the brain, bring them to bring the image back up way before brain receives consciousness. Our bodies are too amazing to have evolved. We are created by God. Am I right about it? We're created by God. And unfortunately, listen, I'm coming in for a landing right here. Unfortunately, God made the miracle of the created man. And yet sometimes we use this miracle to do things other than God intended us to do. God intended for us to use every part of our created being to glorify him. God intended our eyes to read the word. Our eyes to to look upon him, our eyes not to look at pornography. God didn't intend your eyes to be looking at pornography. God wants your eyes to be focused on him. God wants your eyes to be focused on one another. God wants your eyes to be focused on the kingdom. If you're married, focus on your family and focus on your wife and focus on your children. That's what he created your eyes for. Our mouths to sing songs to him. Not gossip. Our mouths to give praise to him. Not speak badly about other church folks when the kids are at home and when the kids ain't home. What's wrong with you? God wants your mouth to be used to bring praise to him and sing songs and speak words that are glorifying to him. Are you with me? And to be a blessing to him and use your mouth to bless people. Not talk about people. Don't put people down. Don't be negative. God wants you to be a blessing. Use your mouth to bless people. Use your mouth to tell people something great and glorious about God. God wants our hands and our feet to take the gospel to the world. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of peace. That's what God wants us to do with our bodies. Our entire body, every cell, every molecule, every cone and every rod to worship him. And then in verse 28 through 31, the moment God made them, he spoke to them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it interesting on the first day of creation, they understand language. Isn't that interesting? And they can communicate. 
God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish fowl and over every living creature, every living thing that moves. God's first commandment is relative to dominion and human involvement. God said, I've given you everything you need for food. God said, the fruit of the tree, you are able to eat of every tree, the fruit that yields. Can you imagine fruit then? Can you imagine fruit then? Like a grape must have been like this big. Like I'm serious, like peeling the grape, like you, like cutting the grape, you like need a saw or something. Like, or oranges were probably like this big. You know what I mean? You had to peel an orange like this. I mean, it must have been because... Because think about it, in the garden, no, no, no pesticides, no GMO, just big, luscious fruit. God said, I've given it to you so you can eat of it. The beasts of the earth, look at verse 30, and the birds of the air and everything that creeps in verse 31. Here we go. God said everything that he made, it was what, saints? And in, in the Greek language, it reads, it was exceedingly good. So evening and morning were the sixth day. There's so much, listen, I struggled in the sixth day because there is so much to tell you about this one day. We could have literally had three more sermons on this one day, but I thought, you know, honestly, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't, I don't know what benefit really that would be. Because I think that we, we, we have talked about so many things. And if you've been here over the, over the last six weeks, you know we have talked about a lot of things. Everything from theistic evolution to naturalistic evolution to everything. I mean, everything. The pink king man and the Nebraska man and the birds and the whales and the golden plover and all kinds of things we talked about. But here's the bottom line. You could go on and on and on about creation You could go on and on and on about the creation of man, but the reality is, do you believe Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, because like I said, day one, in the introduction of this sermon, if you can believe Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, then the rest of the entire Bible is a piece of cake. If, in fact, Genesis chapter 1 is true, then the rest of the Bible is a piece of cake. Yeah, a man can spend three days in the belly of a whale and then be vomited up on the beach. Y'all remember that sermon I did a long time ago? I tell you, they barfed up on the beach. (laughs) Why do I remember that sermon? (laughs) Do you believe it? That's it. We could go on and on and on, but the reality is it still comes back to the theology. It still comes back to, do you believe this? In all of his creation, think about this. Man was made in the image of God. God could have made anything in his image. We weren't there. We didn't create anything. He could have made the cattle in his image. He could have made the creeping things in his image, but he chose to make man in his image. Isn't that interesting? Someone once wrote this. They said, isn't it odd that a being like God still loves the clay he made out of sod 
Now, isn't that odd? That is odd. Isn't it odd that a being like God still loves the clay he made out of sod? Now, isn't that odd? It is odd. Because God loves us. He loves us so much, the Bible says he demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Jesus paid it all, not you, Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. And the issue comes down to, do you believe that? Is it God's word? It is. It's God's word. And if you believe Genesis 1, The rest of the Bible is a piece of cake. And therein is the end of our series in the Genesis creation. I hope that you learned something and were blessed. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.